Welcome to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast, the place where ambition, drive, and entrepreneurship all meet. This podcast is your go-to for all things business, growth, and expansion. I'm your host, Chelsea. I'm a multiple six-figure business owner, a brain rewiring certified coach, a 70 high energy healer, and all-around business growth obsessed individual. I've been in this space since 2019. I believe that strategy and energetics go hand in hand. You'll find tons of both on this show. For a long time, being ambitious has had a negative connotation, but I'm here to take that word back and help you grow your business without doing the most. You can find me on Instagram at expandwithchelsea or online at expandwithchelsea.com. If you're ready to grow, I'm ready to go. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Today, I want to talk quite a bit about traveling and making money as a business owner while traveling. I'm also going to be sharing a recap of my recent international trip to Vietnam and how I was able to balance being in a cash injection and also traveling and being with my family and attending a wedding at the same time. So before we dive in to today's episodes, some updates for you. So this is really exciting. So on Monday, I'm going to be announcing do to do my newest offer. I'm so pumped about this because I've actually run this offer once before, but I am completely reformatting it. It is coming back in a completely different way. So back in January of 2023, so at the beginning of this year, I launched the Next Level Mastermind. This was a five-month program, and I fucking loved it. This was all about getting your back end sorted, making sure that you have a legit website and sales pages and freebies and funnels and all of the good stuff. And it was such a joy to run this container. There were so many big breakthroughs from this. I had a client pivot. I had one realize that she actually needed to completely shake up all of her different offers. There were just like so many cool things that happened inside of this. And I know a lot of people really wanted to join in on the next level mastermind. So as I was sitting down and brainstorming about what was going to be coming next, it came to my mind to relaunch this. And I knew I didn't necessarily want it to be a five month container again. I wanted it to be something that feels like a little bit more of a sprint in a good way and to just like get it done before the end of the year and to go into 2024 and having all of these things set up and organized and having all of this masculine structure inside of your business ready to go. So the next level mastermind is now next level business. This is actually going to be a eight week group program. So all of us together, it's going to be mastermind style. You're going to get modules every single week. So you're going to watch the module and then you're going to come and attend the Q&A call. So any questions that you have about the module, any questions that you have about running or growing and scaling your business in the first place, you can come and attend those sessions to get support. I am so excited about this because in those eight weeks, you're going to create a freebie, You're going to make sure that you have funnels set up. You're going to create sales pages for all of your offers. You're gonna make sure that your website is dialed in. We're going to improve your copywriting skills. 
all of that's going to happen before the end of the year. And one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to run this container is because a lot of us, you know, we want more free time and space inside of our businesses. We actually want to be able to relax. We want to go on vacation. We want to just be able to take a random Tuesday off. It's really hard to do that if you don't actually have a business structure that allows you to do that. So then we become the middle woman. We end up doing more. We're overworking. We're resentful of our business because we can't actually slow down. We can't actually remove ourselves from it. NLB, next level business, is the solution to that because I'm going to be helping you set up systems and processes that can automate your flow so that you can actually take a step away from your business. So I'm really pumped about that. That is going to be opening on the 16th of October. And I've actually never done this before, but I've always wanted to do it. And it finally just feels right for this offer for the first 72 hours. So Monday through Wednesday, so the 16th through 18th, it will be 50% off which is really fucking cool. Again, I've always wanted to do this and I just haven't quite found the offer yet that I wanted to experiment with, but it's going to be 50% off enrollment for the first 72 hours. And then after that, it'll go back up to regular price. Of course, I have payment plan options as well. Again, it is going to be eight weeks long. You will have Slack access. You'll have modules every single week that you'll get to have for lifetime access. So even if you don't necessarily finish your entire sales page while we're working together, you'll have access to finish that up after we're done with the group, we're going to have calls every single week. I believe we're going to have two different time options so that everybody can attend. That's really important to me that if you join a program with me with a live component, that you're actually able to make the call times. So we're going to have, I believe, call options on Monday mornings and then Wednesday afternoons. So really pumped about that. Lots of Q&A, lots of support inside of there. And you're going to have support through Black Friday and up until Christmas. We're also, there's gonna be super, super fun bonuses as well. If you join early, you're gonna get access to all of the bonuses. If you end up joining a little bit later, you'll still get some bonuses, but not quite as many. So what I'm really doing with this launch is trying to do things in a little bit of a different way than I've ever done them before. I'm, I'm excited. This is gonna be a huge experiment for me. I'm actually doing a behind the scenes update uh, kind of like I did with my Instagram experiment where I go in and I just record a little snippet, a little update every couple of days or every couple of weeks or so. And I just recorded another update yesterday. I think you're really going to love it. And NLB is going to be the thing that sets and gives you a stable foundation for your business for years to come. One of the things as I was sitting down and writing copy about this for the sales page is this isn't gonna be the program to fix everything for forever. That's complete bullshit. No, no program should ever do that or ever promise that. And here's why. We, we wanna get you know, our business from A to Z. Great, That's everybody wants to do that. I wanna be fully automated, I wanna make passive income, but in order to go from A to Z, we need to go from A to B. NLB is the thing that gets you from A to B. In order to create passive income and in order to create more spaciousness, you actually need to allow yourself to be set up in a way that provides structure and gives that masculine support and has things automated so where you don't have to step in and be the middle person. So more information coming out about that. Again, you definitely, if this is something that you're interested in, you definitely wanna be paying attention on the 16th through the 18th so that you can get in at 50% off. And some of the bonuses are going to include a half day intensive on repairing your relationship with money and energetic business blueprint, and then also a bonus virtual full day retreat. 
at the end sometime in early 2024. So after our time together, then you'll have a little bit of time to wrap things up and then we'll come together at the end for more learning, more integration. Absolutely, there's gonna be energy work woven into that as well. If this is something that you are very, very interested in, be sure to send me an email ahead of time, hello at expandwithchelsea.com and I will send more information your way. Be on the lookout for things to start arriving out about this next week. So October, very early October, I'm going to start warming up for this. And then again, enrollment opens on the 16th. We actually get started with our bonus call on the 30th. So not a super long launch, but one that I am really pumped about because by the end of the year, you're going to have everything completely dialed to set you up for 2024 so that you can actually just start taking in passive income and having leads coming in without you doing the most. All right, let's dive into today's episode. So I talked about this quite a bit on my stories and on email and decided that I wanted to do a podcast episode on it as well. This is something that I have been really thinking about a lot lately is traveling and making money. I know that the digital nomad is something that a lot of people, it's kind of like uh, goals, if you will, not necessarily for me because I have tried it and I don't really like love it. I actually like to have a little bit more stability traveling and running my business on a longer term basis doesn't necessarily work out the best for me. I have tried it before. Remember when I lived in a van in Wyoming for three months last year (laughs) and then actually ended up moving into a house because I was like, yeah, if I have to reorganize this van one more time to find one thing, I might lose it. So I actually tend to like a little bit more stability. I don't tend to love running my business while traveling, um, but I wanted to experiment with it this time. So my brother got married in Vietnam. So my whole family minus one of my sisters because she just had a baby. We all went to Hanoi, Vietnam for the wedding and It is about 14 hours ahead of the time zone that I'm in now. So I knew going into this, I was like, yeah, so I can't be sending out emails at 1 a.m. Like I can, but you know, I have a very specific time that I like to send out emails that isn't necessarily with the rush of all the emails that everybody else gets. My preferred time is 7 a.m. PST. I just really like it. It's always worked for me. So I knew I wanted to go into this having some content prepped so that I wasn't trying to do everything in real time because also when you're spending time with your family, especially when there is an event like a wedding, things are busy, things are really busy. So I knew that leaving everything up to spontaneity and just in the moment wasn't gonna work out the best. And this is something that I've really struggled with in the past is actually sitting down and getting myself to write content and getting myself to do these things because I'm not gonna lie, it does feel rather painful. Do I always wanna do it? No, absolutely not. Am I thankful when I do it at the end of it? Yes, it's like meal prep. Do I wanna do it when I'm in the moment? No, there's literally nothing else. <laughs> there's there's like so many other things that I would rather be doing other than meal prep. But then when I'm like eating my lunch that I prepared, you know, the next day and I'm like, hee hee, I didn't have to do anything except heat it up, like then I'm loving it, right? So it's where can we set up our future selves for success? And I knew for me, if I was going to be able to do a cash injection, so I was, I had my energy healing spots on sale and then also I was doing a promotion for the energetic business blueprint when I was in Vietnam. I knew if I wanted to have those things available and actively promoting them, I needed to do some work ahead of time. I needed to actually 
not just do things the way that I always do them and and have it be very spur of the moment because I just didn't think that I was going to have time. Also, I knew that I was probably going to be jet lagged from when I went to Greece last year. Holy shit, it I just didn't even adjust while I was there. It was like I was getting like 5 hours of sleep a night. I always felt tired and then I just knew that going to Vietnam, that would probably be amplified because also I was going to be spending time with my family and it was just going to be a lot of go, go, go. And I did a lot of my prep in the airplane, which I actually really loved. I really love traveling for that reason of like, it kind of feels like a do not disturb button of like, we have this time to do the things and what else are you gonna do in the airport? I mean, sure, you could read a book or people watch or whatever. And that's not to say that I was productive on every single flight or every single hour that I was in the airport, just one of the flights really. And this set me up so well because I was actually able to write, I think it was like three or four emails on the plane that I sent out just about every other day during that cash injection. And holy shit, that was so easy. Like, was it easy when I was writing them? No, I did not necessarily enjoy it. But then once it was done, I was so, so happy. And that is one of the reasons that I was able to successfully have a cash injection while I was traveling. Another aspect of this is actually being and having energetic capacity. So let's say, for example, you're traveling and it feels kind of stressful you're probably not going to be welcoming in new clients or new sales just because things are already feeling a little bit hectic. The universe is trying to protect you from putting additional things on your plate. So I really want you to think about, okay, if I'm going into this period or season of travel, like, do I actually feel available and open for calling in new clients? And do I actually have energetic availability for that? Is that something that I am excited about? So you have to purposefully and intentionally remain open to having new people in your field. So whether this looks like looking at your schedule and, you know, reminding your brain, yes, things might feel a little bit hectic right now, but actually long-term going forward, I do have availability for, let's say like mid-October or late October, and maybe you're taking on new clients. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have to work with you right away. Let's say you're doing a sale on one-on-one sessions. This could be with the caveat that all of those sessions are going to play take place in November. So where can you actually remind your brain that you do have more space and more availability than you really have? If things are truly hectic though, like I I have one client where last year she was getting married and she was like planning on doing a launch during this. And I was like, yeah, I actually don't think that you're going to have a lot of time. And I think that you're actually going to want to be fully focused on getting married and not necessarily like trying to get people inside of a program at this point in time. And that was like definitely the correct decision for her at that point. So if you have something where, you know, maybe it is going to be a little bit more chaotic and ongoing versus like for me, I was just in Vietnam for seven days and I knew I could handle that and I could come back and I had five-ish days to rest and reset. I knew that that's something that I could stay open and available for is adding more people into my field. And I'm really happy with how this cash injection went. I think I sent out I think it was a total of five emails. And then I got on stories three times, which to be honest is very, very low. Would I have liked to get on stories more? Yeah, probably. But it was just actually more fun in the moment to share my travels and the pictures of Vietnam and what I was going through and what I was currently experiencing than to really talk a lot about my offers. And also from the Instagram experiment, 
I really found out that like my email list converts very, very well. So I don't necessarily need to rely as much on Instagram if I am sending out strong emails as well. So I've kind of was letting those emails just do the work for itself and then using Instagram as a little bit more of like, here's what I'm currently up to and using it a little bit less for marketing. Something that I also do want to address and talk about, this has been on my mind quite a bit lately. Um, It was so interesting because getting back on Instagram has just been this like, do I like it? Do I not like it? Like I do like Instagram, but also I'm starting to notice just how much I really fucking love email. Like I love writing. I love that dynamic. It's just, it's so simple and it's just so potent and it allows me to really express myself in a way that feels very authentic and also really challenges me. But getting back on Instagram and posting pictures of my travel and realizing how many followers I was losing as I was posting travel pictures and just how much I think that that can get in our minds as business owners when we are, you know, I have, I have another client that she was like, every single time I share this aspect of myself, I lose like two to 300 followers. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, this is like a really big part of my life. And this is something that's really important to me. And I feel like I just can't be authentic with it because people don't like it. And then therefore it doesn't, you know, actually incentivize you to share more about it. But this is what makes you, you, this is what actually is going to draw people in closer to you is you being multidimensional and showing those parts of yourself, even though, yeah, you might lose some followers, but those people were never going to buy from you. They were never going to buy from you because if somebody is only liking you because of the box that they're putting you into in their minds, it's just, you're never going to be able to keep up that appearance for forever. The mask is going to start to slip and eventually you're going to feel boxed in. There is just so much more to me than being a business owner. I'm also a dog mom. I'm also a climber. I'm also a girlfriend. I'm also like a sister and an aunt and all of these things. Like there's so many aspects to my personality. And if I were to only, you know, force myself to just share business advice all the time, like I wouldn't even want to be on social media. Like that would just feel so gross to me, especially because a lot of the times the lessons that I'm learning in my business are so connected to my personal life. And, you know, with that, I'm not saying like, if you go travel, you're also going to lose followers if you show those pictures. But I just want you to think about this reframe around, like if those types of people are the ones in your audience, like it's really good that you're weeding those people out by showing who you truly are. And the people that are going to be there for you are really going to be there for you. Like there were so many people that are like, oh my God, keep sharing more pictures. Like, this is so great. I love seeing these pictures. Those are my real people. Like those are my people that are going to continue to show up for me that appreciate me in all of my multidimensionality. And it's not necessarily, you know, a bad thing to lose people from your audience or to lose people from your email list. I actually really do believe that rejection, quote rejection, is protection. It is redirection and it is bringing you closer to the people that are actually going to be correct for you because what ends up happening is we change the way that we communicate about things. We change the language that we're using. We change our copy. And if we're trying to just people please, we're probably just staying too in the middle about things. And that's not actually going to draw anybody closer in towards you. You need to let people see the real you. You need to let people experience you and who you really truly are in order for them to want to trust you enough to to purchase something and to actually eventually end up working with you. 
I am about to share with you one of the tools that I could not, literally could not run my business without. This is the Cadillac, the gold standard of hosting platforms in the business world. And I have been using Kajabi for a year and a half now. And it is safe to say I am never gonna go to any other platform. This is it for me. I have truly explored every single aspect and feature of Kajabi and I could not be happier. One of the biggest reasons that I switched over in the first place was having everything all in one platform. Oh my God, I was hosting, I had different platforms for my email, my podcast. I had different platforms for my courses and my website and now it's all in one spot, thank God. Seriously, the fact that I had, I mean, at any given time, six different platforms that I was paying for, which separately were all more expensive than what I pay for Kajabi now, just being spread in that many directions was energetically so exhausting. And knowing that now I literally click one button and it brings me to everything, brings me so much joy. I feel like things are really being simplified. This has been a huge theme in my life lately is to simplify, to reduce down, to get rid of the things that you don't need. And if you are curious about trying out Kajabi, I actually have an affiliate code for you where you can get 14 days for free. You can get a 14 day free trial. If you are curious about Kajabi and if it's right for you in your stage of business, send me a DM on Instagram. I am at expand with Chelsea and I will tell you if it's right for you, if I think it's right for you. And I could not literally could not be happier with my experience using the platform. They have a chat feature where 24 seven, if you have an issue, which you will because it's technology and there's gonna be something where you're like, I don't know how to connect this to that. 24 seven chat feature where you can talk with a real life human being and they will walk you through anything that you're trying to work on that has been super supportive for me. And honestly, if I ever, look at a platform and they don't have a chat feature that you can access 24 seven, I'm not in, I'm not into it. I need to know that I'm going to be able to get an answer to something at any point in time because entrepreneurship and being a business owner doesn't stop. It doesn't just happen between the hours of nine to five. So having that support is just absolutely invaluable to me. So if you want to grab your 14 day, your two week free trial for Kajabi, head to the link in the show notes, just click on that link and you will be able to start up your free trial. I know you're going to be obsessed with it. I love the sleek design layout. I absolutely love that there is an app, an app. You can have an app where people can actually download it on their phones and listen to your courses and your programs on the go. Honestly, that was like a huge selling point for me too, is that people could have my courses in their pockets and listen to them as they were driving on a walk huge, huge benefit right there. They don't have to be logged into their desktop. And I really love how easy the email editor is to use because we all know I send out a ton of emails and having that be very user-friendly is also super important to me. So if you can't tell, totally obsessed with Kajabi, never going, never going back to having six different platforms. And I'm able to host my website, my podcast, all of my courses and everything else all in one. 
So if you're ready to level up, not just in terms of aesthetics, but in terms of your CEO mindset, CEO energy, head to the link in the show notes and grab your free trial today. This is just my call to say, if you have other aspects of your personality or there are other things that you're into or you are traveling, share it, share it. And whoever leaves, leaves, but you are allowing people to see this different version of you that I think really both humanizes us and allows our audience to build up even more trust with us because they see that you're a real ass human being and you're not just a robot that only does this one thing. So allow yourself to be seen. I think that this is probably a big visibility block for a lot of people of like, okay, but that's not related to my business. Like, why would I share it? Share it because it makes you a human. Share it because it allows people to see you in a different light. It allows people to see your mannerisms, the way that you act, the way that you think. And it just allows people to step in that much closer with you. So my thoughts on cash injections while you're traveling or launching while you're traveling Absolutely, I think it can be done, but I want you to, like, it is really important to, do you need to prep some things ahead of time? You know, and I'm not saying, like, get everything prepped, but while it might be kind of painful in the process of making yourself sit down and, like, think about these things ahead of time, especially if you are more of a spontaneous person, like I am, I really love doing things in the moment. It feels, like, very, very tough to get myself to sit down and, like, pre-write content, But when I do it, I am so thankful because then, you know, I'm in the, like the hustle and bustle of traveling. And there was like very, very few times that I actually could have sat down while we were in Vietnam to write some emails or to do some things. Honestly, it just wasn't happening. Like there was like one period of time where it was like two in the morning over there, two to like 4 a.m. where because of jet lag, I was like, well, I'm wide awake. So I guess I could do some things now. But other than that, like we were on the go all the time. So make sure you set some yourself up with some prepped content and then And also making sure, like, do you actually, like, if you were to honestly check in with yourself, do you actually have energetic availability for this? Or do you feel like you're kind of at capacity already? Because that is going to be the biggest determining factor in how many people you are able to serve. And it also comes down to what's your offer type, right? Like if you're doing something like a cash injection for a passive offer, that doesn't actually require a lot from you, great, then maybe you actually don't need as much capacity. But if it's something like a one-on-one offer where it will require quite a bit from you, you're gonna need to make sure that you actually do have a lot of free space and time for when the time comes to deliver on that service. So I'm gonna give you just a recap of my trip to Vietnam because some very interesting things happened. And holy moly, Asia is like almost a different planet than the U.S. in the best possible way. And it was so good to be able to have such a different perspective and go to somewhere that put me so fucking far out of my comfort zone. Like, I don't think I've been that uncomfortable maybe ever, especially because my my brother, he's a manifester in human design and a lot of what manifestors struggle with is informing people of what they're up to or what the plan is. That would be my brother, like 110%. And we're all like, like, so what's the plan? And like, he knew the plan. And it's not that he didn't like really want to tell us the plan. He's just like so used to just like going with the flow and all of those things. I do think he enjoyed a little bit seeing us 
be so uncomfortable with like not having everything planned out and not like telling us exactly what was happening at all points in time. So we were kind of like, all right, well, I feel like a seaweed blowing in the wind or blowing in the ocean and just, I'm just like flapping around. You know, that guy outside, like the little like floaty dude outside of like car sales lots. Yeah, that's what I felt like, like the noodle man of just like, okay, wherever the wind blows me, that's what we're doing. And it's so funny because like, I don't necessarily identify as type A anymore, but I do love me a plan. It's like that meme of like, oh, I can totally go with the flow, but like, what time does the flow start? That's, that's me. I'm like, I can, I can do things. I just like to have the bigger picture and know like, okay, do I need to bring like this much food or snacks? Or like, do I need to bring water? Or like, you know, what's the weather like? Am I going to need a rain jacket? Which it does rain a lot in Vietnam. So there was a lot of that going on of just like me coming to terms with needing to know every detail and realizing like, I'm just not going to get every detail. And I just like need to be okay with that. And I need to be comfortable or at least as comfortable as I can just existing in a state where I don't know everything and I just have to go with it a little bit more. So that was definitely quite challenging. And then we spent, I think it was like a day kind of like getting ready and prepping for the wedding. It was just a wild, wild fucking experience to see how people drive there because in Hanoi, at least, there are 9 million people. Oh, that's so many people. 9 million people in that city. To keep in mind, I live in a town of 2,000 people. So just a little bit of a difference there. But there are 9 million people like trying to go places. So the road lines are more of like suggestions and there's like scooters everywhere. There's cars everywhere. You're like taking a left onto oncoming traffic. There were definitely points in time where I was like, I can't look. Like I was like, I grabbed a ride and I was like, nope, not looking. Like I'm just like gonna put my head down. But everybody, they all, it's just very much this like stay in the flow. Like you're a fish kind of in the sea and everybody He's just trying to get places. It's not road ragey like it is in the States, but there are, there's so much honking. There's so much noise. There's just, I've never been so stimulated in my entire life. Like there was just really so much going on in this city at all times that I just felt like so plugged in and immediately upon getting there, like, yes, there was the jet lag, but there was just like this like sense of exhaustion. I think just being in a place with that many people, I know for me, like, I don't want to live in LA. Sorry for those of you that live in LA. I don't want to live in New York city. Like I just like places that are a little bit smaller and a little bit slower paced and definitely that have nature. There's not a lot of that in the city, at least in Hanoi. Like, yes, there are some like nice green parks, but like in where I live right now in Leavenworth, I'm like, I look outside my window and there's mountains right there. I can be outside in nature in two minutes. Like it is so accessible. It's so close. And that is absolutely by design. You know, I didn't just stumble here. I very intentionally moved here because those are the things that I value and prioritize. And, you know, just thinking about this trip as a whole, like really being challenged to get out of my needing to know every detail comfort zone, this is something where I just, you know, it really became so clear to me that I need to be so much more grounded and present when I'm traveling because there are a lot of aspects where I am, you know, like thinking about work, thinking about things that I want to do or need to do. And that did come back to the fact that like I did prep some content. So I was really glad that I did that. So it did allow me to be a little bit more present, but still not as present as I would have liked. And I think about, you know, what do I want my business to be in the long term and what do I want my relationship with? 
with that to be. And I don't want to be thinking about business all the time. I do want to be able to be present with my family and just like really enjoy it for the moment. So maybe what that looks like in the future is not necessarily doing cash injections while I'm traveling, but also, you know, I wanted to experiment with it. I wanted to challenge myself. I am happy with how it went. And as, as we all know, like business is just a giant learning learning. I was going to say a learning puddle, but it is a learning experiment and you get to see what things you like and don't like. And I was ready for a challenge. I wanted to see if I could travel and still keep my energy open. And I'm really happy that I did. I want to share too some of the trip highlights and some of the trip fails. So some of the highlights, I mean, definitely seeing my brother get married. That was pretty fucking cool. The Vietnamese really go all out for weddings. It was at this really cool location called the Star Palace. And there was a rotating platform. There was smoke. There was fireworks. I mean, honestly, there was like the whole shebang. That was really cool. My brother is, I think, five years younger than me, four or five years younger than me. I feel like I should know that, but he's younger than me. And to just see him really like grow up in that way. And he absolutely thrives in that like overstimulating type of environment. And there was a lot of like, it was hard when we were growing up because he was the only boy. He had three sisters and we were all very like academically driven and we got good grades. And he was more of the, like had ADHD, had a hard time focusing and you know, it was just really tough for him to, I think, feel like he had to live up to these standards that his sisters were at and were just expected of him, but yet he was just meant to essentially live in a different environment and where he thrives is not necessarily where we thrive and vice versa. So it was really cool to see him just actually fitting into somewhere that really was essentially like designed for him. Like I could just tell he was so calm and relaxed and his wife is so friendly. Her name is May. She is really generous, really caring about people as well. And I could tell that like, she was so worried that we were all like comfortable and having a good time. And we were all like, well, you're the one getting married. So like, are you doing okay? Like, do you have enough space? Do you have everything you need? And it was really, really fun to meet her parents as well, who do not speak any English. So there was definitely a lot of Google Translate happening, like passing the phone back and forth. My mom and my sister, this is kind of like a mixed highlight and like total trip fail. My mom and my sister went with my brother's wife's mom to go get fitted for what are called Odai, which are more of like the traditional Vietnamese. They're not necessarily dresses. I mean, they are, but you do wear these like slip pants under them. So they really like to give those as souvenirs. They said that we could wear it at the wedding if we wanted to, but they really just wanted us to have them. So we went and we got fitted for those. And as I was getting out of the car, as at at the place, as we were arriving, I totally didn't even think about it. I was on the driver's side. I was in the passenger seat and I just opened up my car door and I totally ended up knocking into somebody on their scooter. I opened my door into them and they ended up falling off their bike, which I felt so bad about. I don't think I've actually felt mortified in a very long time. Like that specific feeling of like, oh my God, I just fucked up big time. And thankfully he was okay. 
Um, my brother's wife's parents went and talked to him and he was all good. He just lost balance. But it was one of those moments where I was like, oh my God, I didn't even think about it. And it's just kind of like this unspoken rule there where you just do not open that side of the door. Like a lot of the taxi drivers actually have that side of the door locked so that people that come to visit and tourists don't accidentally open it and do exactly what I did, which is knocking somebody off of their scooter. Because when I tell you that there are a lot of scooters in this city, like I kid you not, I have never seen so many people on bikes in my entire life. And I, it was just one of those things where it just like didn't even register with me not to do that. But, you know, after I uh, spent some time crying and feeling extremely bad about making a mistake and knocking somebody off of their bike and hopefully not ruining their entire day, it was really fun to get fitted in these traditional outfits and be able to take one home. I got a really cool green color. My mom got a pink one and then my sister got kind of a yellowish one. So it was really cool to to share that experience and feel like we were being shown a part of the culture that maybe not everybody that goes and visits, visits Vietnam actually gets to experience. So some other really cool things. Yes, the wedding itself was awesome. The food, oh my God, the food. So I'm not gonna say I loved every single thing that I ate because there were definitely some things where I was like, oh yeah, no, that's not actually my, uh, my taste. There was some um, jellyfish salad. So yes, like actual jellyfish salad that it was not not a super big fan of like the salad itself was great but then when it came to like eating the pink jellyfish I did try one and I was like ooh, that's a texture thing for me it's just a little too squishy and then another one that I wasn't particularly fond of was stomach lining um I tried it you're supposed to like wrap it in this like herb or leaf and I was just like yeah I don't actually think that's for me but then there was some really amazing food like the pho of course was so so good there was this other meal called bun cha I believe I I'm actually not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it is this like pork soup essentially with all of the vermicelli noodles and you put a ton of herbs in there and it is so, so good. And they really love their like spicy sauces over there and a lot of like vinegar, which is really great. A lot of the food was very fresh and there were just so many things that it is just like such a culture shock coming from the United States. Like a lot of people actually live right above their shop or their store. So if it's a restaurant, then they are literally like kind of like living at the same spot. There are a lot of people walking around with bare feet, which in the U.S. is just like would never fly. And you're like walking down the street and there's people just like plucking chickens just on the street. So it's like so wild to see some of these things that we're just like not used to over here, but so much of the food is so fresh. You know, they harvested it the day before. It's not like sitting around like a lot of what we have here in the States. So it was really cool to be able to experience that. And I'm really proud of my stomach. I'm not going to lie for holding up for an entire week with completely different cuisine being 7,000 miles away from basically everything that I had experienced before. And I will say too, so my sister, my sister's boyfriend, my mom, and my dad all got sick. I did not get sick, which is, they didn't get sick from the food. They just got kind of like a, a cold type of thing. I think my sister was sick for like one day and then felt better and my dad was similar, but I'm usually the one that like gets sick and then everybody else is fine. So, you know, not to say like, haha, they were sick and I wasn't, but I was like, oh, okay, I have been working on my stress levels and like actually making sure that my immune system is on board as much as possible. And also too, just making sure that I 
was staying really hydrated. I have never been somewhere so hot. Holy shit. I was sweating out of every single pore. There was one day that I went to the climbing gym and I was like, I am a puddle. Like I'm literally, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a walking waterfall. I don't know how people are doing this. I'm the only one sweating. Everybody else in the gym is like totally fine. And I'm just like dripping. I'm like panting in front of the fan. <laughs> I'm sure people were like, what is happening with her? Like somebody get her some water. But I stayed really hydrated the entire time. And, you know, as much as I could, tried to make sure that I got like a decent amount of sleep. Jet lag was just like really cramping my style. I think I woke up at like 6 a.m at the latest, probably every day. There were a couple days when I woke up at like 4.30. I was like, all right, this isn't exactly helpful, especially because the Starbucks didn't open until 7 a.m. And I know what you're thinking. Like, why wouldn't you just get local coffee? Okay. Vietnamese coffee is like, <laughs> rocket fuel. It is so intense. I, my brother gave me some to try and I was like, whoa, man, like that is a lot. Um, so I didn't particularly love the coffee there. And we were like 15 seconds away from a Starbucks, the place that we stayed at. So that's typically what we did in the morning is it was me and my dad, because we're the very early risers. We'd go and get Starbucks for everyone and then come back and just kind of plan our day from there. I would say other trip fails, kind of what I was relating to earlier of just like not knowing the plan and then kind of not being able to relax from that. Thankfully, I did have like a lot of snacks because I'm definitely the type of person that like I want to know when we're eating so I can know how much like food to bring. I can know how like hungry to be for that meal. And that was just one thing that I think a lot of other people just like go with the flow a lot more than I do. And it was just, it was good for that to be mirrored back to me of like, okay, have I chilled out a lot? Yes. But do I still have quite a ways to go. Yes. And then it is, you know, that double-edged sword of, well, I have gotten this far due to, you know, my ability to get shit done and to plan things and to, you know, have some perfectionism. But then obviously at a certain point that goes way too far and it's actually detrimental. So it was good to really have that almost confronting experience of like, oh, okay, so I, I can chill out a little bit more and I do actually have more capacity to just be cool with what's what's happening and what's going on. Um, okay, last fail was me trying to check my suitcase with my iPad in it when I was leaving Vietnam. Everything else went really smoothly on the trip. I mean, honestly, it was pretty great. I will say at the end of the week, I was feeling pretty overstimulated and kind of just like ready to go. There's a lot of just like honking and lights and it is, again, it was like so hot there. I think it was like 88 and 100% humid. All day, every day you walk out and you're like, I'm sticky. <laughs> like, I don't know why I showered. But trying to check the iPad in my bag, not a good idea because you're not supposed to check batteries. I think you can in the United States, but in Vietnam, they definitely don't want you to. So when I was, you know, scanning my boarding pass to get on the plane, all it said was do not board. And I was like, okay, well, I'd like to go home. So like, I do need to actually board this plane. And the flight attendants did not speak English. So again, there's a lot of like Google Translate on the phone. Like, what do I need to do to get on the plane? And they're like, well, you need to go grab, you know, whatever it is, that's a battery out of your bag. So I had to actually like sprint all the way back through 
into the baggage where you drop off your baggage at the airport and then I had to go back through security with the iPad and this entire time I was like well are they gonna wait for me like I was already kind of in the back of the line getting on the plane and I was like oh my god I'm like delaying everybody is the plane gonna wait for me is my bag then gonna make it on because I had to go and grab this out of my bag and then they have to bring you know my bag from the baggage place to the actual airplane, then I was a little bit worried about that. And apparently I didn't know this, but in the United States, this is probably similar to most places, but I think I've always just flown direct when I've flown international. Like when I went to Greece last year, I just flew right back into Seattle and then drove from there. But this time from Vietnam, I actually ended up landing in San Francisco and then flew to Seattle. And your first point of entry is actually where you do a customs check. So if you have checked baggage, you actually have to go all the way out. You have to go get your baggage from baggage claim. You have to get the bag. You have to go back through security and then you have to go find your gate. It's not just your bag makes it to your final destination. You have to go get it, declare anything, and then you can make it all the way through. So, I mean, that was like almost a two-ish hour long process as well, which I actually had no idea that you had to do it. So when I was like trying to get on the plane in the first place, they were like, your bag's not gonna make it to Seattle. It's only gonna make it to San Francisco. And I was like, no, I need it to go to Seattle. Like, why would I want it to stop in San Francisco? And eventually I realized, I was like, oh, okay, like I have to go get the bag and bring it back through security because that's customs. And it was just something that I just didn't know that that's what it was. So I was like, okay, in the future, I will be flying directly back to Seattle or directly back to my last place if I'm flying international. I know a lot of other people on Instagram when I when I shared that story also didn't know that. So I figured I'd share it here as well and hopefully save you some heartache and some extra steps. And for me, I was like, all right, it is worth it to spend a little bit more money on the plane ticket if it does get me back directly to Seattle and that I don't have to spend that time going through customs and then still get on another flight after that. So that is a little bit of my trip recap, talking a little bit too about, you know, keeping your field open and keeping your capacity up when you're traveling and having that be one of the biggest determining factors of if you're going to be able to have a successful cash injection or not. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I so enjoyed enjoyed recording it and doing a little bit of a trip recap because yeah that was a that was a very different experience than I've ever had and it was definitely one of a kind very unique and if I do go back to Asia I think it will probably be <laughs> not to say I didn't love Vietnam but that was just like a, a city of nine million people is a lot and I think I'd probably like to go somewhere a little bit more remote next time and where I can kind of like get to know the city a little bit better. So if you did enjoy this, please leave a review of the podcast. You can go to iTunes. It just takes a couple of minutes and it really helps me out as well. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next episode.